my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, April the 21st. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's joy. I wish you God's life, that resurrected life that we experience, that we celebrate, that we participate within, uh, not only this Easter season, but always throughout our, our, our year, throughout our lives. Uh, my friends, we are coming up on the third Sunday of Easter. As you know, we celebrate this for 50 days. So we have lots of time yet, uh, many weeks, uh, a handful more, uh, where we're going to continue to celebrate the risen Christ in our midst. And today, we're going to read a long gospel. It's, it's uh, Luke. It's not John, surprisingly. John usually has these big stories, but today is Luke's big one, one of the greatest stories Luke, uh, Luke uh, has written. And um, almost the end of Luke's gospel. And so it takes up most of chapter 24, which is Luke's resurrection gospel, or resurrection chapter. And it's Luke 24, 13 to 35, if you want to follow along. Luke 24, 13 to 35, it's that wonderful story uh, of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so we're going to just focus on that today. Um, again, as always, uh, I invite you, however you do it, to settle yourself, to open yourself, to invite the Spirit of God uh, to reside within you, to come find root within you, that this Word may find a place, a living place within you, and plant that seed uh, to grow, that that Word may grow within us. That's really what we're looking at. This is not a study in, uh, in mind, uh, in, our, in our minds, just simply to, to understand the word more, although that's an important thing. It really is. Uh, but this is uh, an invitation to that word finding a place within our life to direct how we live, because that's how the word lives within us. So again, what are you looking for? Whatever it is that you're open to. Uh, and God's going to come in whatever way God decides to come. But I often say, Hey, if there's a word, if there's a phrase, if there's an idea, if there's an image, if there's a, if there's a line you've never heard before, stick with those things. It'll be one thing. Let it just speak to you and ponder it and stay with it, not only in the, in the minutes, but in the hours and the days to come. Let God speak to you through whatever that is, okay? And with that, again, we're going to read out of the New American uh, Version. That's the one that you will hear at Mass this weekend. Luke 24, 13 to 35. Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, 
how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was at he was with them at table. He took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't this a wonderful gospel? I mean, and it's so rich. It is so deep, and we don't have the time. And I don't want to, I don't want to take the time to, to, because if I did, this may be a long or even very boring podcast. But I do want to hit some of the highlights. Um, and before I even do that, I mean, brothers and sisters, what? So this was, is a masterpiece by Luke. And, and remember, Luke is writing to the Gentile people, right? They have not met Christ. Uh, many of them, because they're up in the, the seaboard of the Mediterranean, and uh, generally, say, up in the Asia Minor, what we'd call Turkey today, uh, or over into Greece, and uh, Gentile peoples, and, and what these communities are doing, based on what Paul has taught them when he was on his, his um, journeys, uh, because Luke didn't write until, you know, probably 20, 30-ish years after Paul would have visited those communities and set them up. They were practicing uh, the breaking of the bread. That's how they remembered uh, Jesus. And um, that is because Jesus commanded them to do so, right? And, and if you read Corinthians, uh, you know, that's Paul in chapter 11 talks about what that looks like and talks about how we need to come together and, and eat this meal. And that's the sacred meal for us. Well, and, and so what we're seeing here, in a sense, is that meal played out over a story. We come together, right? And um, 
and, and so it's that welcoming, that gathering. And we journey together. I mean, that whole idea of procession at the beginning of Mass, that's what we're seeing. And then we break open the Scripture, break it open the Word. You know, Jesus is present when we come together, even if we don't recognize him. And then we break open the Word together to remember who we are. And then we, uh, we break open the bread, and, uh, and we recognize him in the breaking of the bread, of course, we, the, the Eucharist. And then, having been fed on that, we immediately go out and share with others, you know, this, that, how we've known him and we, and we recognize him in the breaking of the bread. I mean, this is their story, and that's why they end with that line, uh, that the two, the two of them recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. I mean, this is our story, my friends. Now, that's not really one of the points. I mean, it's a great point, and I hope we remember that. But there are a few points I, I just invite us to ponder. Now, again, if the Spirit of God is taking you elsewhere, you go with where the Spirit is taking you. Far more important than anything I say. Um, but I, I, there, there are three things that I really want to just kind of put my finger upon. And the first is this. Let's talk about these travelers. So uh, all we know is it's Easter Sunday night, okay? Sunday, the first day of the week. Luke, everything happens for Luke in chapter 24, and that is all on Easter Sunday. This has followed the story of the women going out to the, to the tomb, seeing it empty, talking to the angels, coming back and telling the disciples, but then none of them, none of them have had an encounter with Christ. In fact, the women come back, and tell the disciples, but the disciples do not believe them. Uh, only Peter goes out to the tomb in this story, but still doesn't see Jesus, but is pondering. That's, that's where we are ended prior to this story. So what do we see? We see two disciples. Now, here's what I suspect. Um, if you go back to the Gospels and, and look at who was at the foot of the cross, it is usually Mary, uh, of course, the mother of God. In John's gospel, the, the beloved disciples there. But it's usually Mary, maybe Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the wife of Clopas. Sometimes it's it's called Mary, the, the sister, uh, or the mother of James, or whatever it is. But, but it's called, this person, this other Mary, is called Mary, the wife of Clopas. Well, we don't really know who Clopas is until we get to this story, right? And so... One of them, it says, named Clopas, said in reply. So we know Clopas and clearly his wife Mary were disciples. And what I suspect is it's the two of them. It is Mary who was at the foot of the uh, cross, uh, maybe even one of the ones who went out to the tomb, and her husband Clopas who were leaving town. Why are they leaving town? Because they're discouraged. The one they had put their hopes in um, has died, and, and the resurrection story has not taken root within them yet. It doesn't make sense to them. And, and my friends, how could it? I mean, we look back and say, how could they not know? Well, how often has that happened to us in our life where somebody has come back from the dead and spoken to us and, and been with us? And so we really can't blame them for that. It even talks and points this way um, when, when it says, listen, they were walking along, conversing and debating about what had happened. And Jesus drew near to them and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Now, don't hear that God prevented them. I mean, they simply didn't recognize the risen Christ when 
he was walking along with them. And it's not because, now again, don't think he had a big hood over him and he was, you know, acting all sly and kept his arms up and his legs covered in this long robe, you know, so they wouldn't see the scars. And he was just this mysterious, you know, like I think of Bruno, you know, from Encanto, like he was Bruno, you know, they they had no idea dressed up in this thing. Um, But uh, no, that's not it. It's simply the risen Christ looks differently. We know that. Mary Magdalene, perhaps his best friend, doesn't recognize him in John's gospel, right, when she thinks he's the gardener. Uh, they don't recognize him, the disciples often. In fact, even in Luke later, they're not going to recognize him when he comes in their midst until he shows them the scars. Last week in Matthew, was that Matthew? Um, they, he had to show the scars to help them understand. And so the, the risen Christ is not recognizable. That's the point. And they, Jesus drew near to them. They were prevented from recognizing. He says, what are you discussing? They stopped looking downcast. And, and brothers and sisters, what I think happens to them here is what happens to you and I so often. I think we let the immediacy of whatever is going on in our life, the pains that we carry, the, the, the hurts that we carry, the, the regrets that we carry, we get consumed in those, uh, the failures, and we're just walking downcast, and we're not able to see the risen Christ in our midst. Now, I don't say that to shame us. I think, I think the gospel writer here of Luke is naming a reality for us. I think we walk with our heads downcast so often because of whatever it is baggage, and we all got it. Um, whatever baggage it is we're carrying and we're consumed in whatever that is. Like, whether that's shame, whether am I good or not, what will other people think of me, I'm, I'm, I'm failing at this, I've, I've been hurt by this, and maybe it's, it's developed into anger or festering there, or our own scars. And because of that, they are unable to see the risen Christ in their midst, because they're focused on their own pain. Understandable. I do not judge them in that, and I hope you don't either. But brothers and sisters, please, please, please see yourself. And see myself in that too. Because I think so often that's where our focus is. Hey, but you know what? Didn't stop them from from walking the journey with them. They allowed this person to come up with them. And they, and they, uh, they continued to converse. And so Jesus, of course, uh, says, Are you, listen, the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know what happened uh, and took place. And, and Jesus plays coy. You know, what sort of things? And, and they're like how, how this Jesus the Nazarene was a mighty prophet indeed in word. Was, not is, was. It's done. It's over. Again, they are, imagine everything you put your, your trust in. Whether it is in your marriage, in your children, in your work, in your riches, in your self-identity, whatever. And that is taken from you. There. There, if you can imagine that, that's where they are. And it's understandable why they would be consumed in that. The immediacy of, this is who I thought I was. This is the world I thought I lived in. And everything is upside down. And I'm presenting this to this person. Can you not understand this? Didn't you know this? And, uh, and how Jesus then says, oh, how foolish you were. How slow of heart. 
uh, to believe all that the prophets spoke. And then, beginning with the books of Moses and all the prophets, he interprets them the scriptures. Uh, so point number one, brothers and sisters, is what is it in our lives? And, and this is not a shaming question or a question that, that uh, we need to avoid. In fact, it's one I think we need to, to be honest with ourselves. What is it that we're consumed with in our days? Is it our failings? Is it our pain? Is it our hurts? Is it our, you know, some important thing we have going on? Uh, is it simply our busyness? Is it What consumes us in our days that we cannot recognize the risen Christ in our midst? In our midst. Point number one. Point number two is, I love this line. Okay, so Jesus is, is explaining the scriptures to them, right? And as they approach the, the village of Emmaus, okay, so they've gotten there. He gave the impression that he was going on farther. Again, Jesus is playing coy in this whole thing. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. Stay with us. Brothers and sisters, two points here. One, they were still um, consumed in the tragedy of those events. But yet, that's point number one. Point number two is they did not recognize the stranger. They were consumed in their own hurt. And they did not recognize the stranger, but neither of those things stopped them from being generous and hospitable and urged them to stay. Imagine if they don't do that. Imagine if they simply say, hey, thanks for the the lesson on the way. Appreciate you hanging out with us and keeping us company. Made the journey go quicker. Take care. Good luck. You know, stay warm and well-fed. Good luck right? The blessing that they would have left. Listen, Jesus would have been fine. They would have learned some of the lesson, right? But it would have been incomplete. Um, Instead, out of their kindness, even in the midst of this difficulty, they found a place of generosity, of kindness, of hospitality, of goodness, and they acted upon it. And they invited the stranger in. And because of that, the next gift, which is point number three, is, is going to come. Because of that, the blessing was shared, the bread was broken, and they recognized God. They recognized the risen Christ in the midst, not from the scars. That's how the disciples recognized him. Um, not uh, from the name uh, when Jesus said Mary, and that's how she recognized him. All true, all true, they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Oh, oh, that's so good. So point number one, brothers and sisters, what prevents us from recognizing God right now? Two, even in the midst of our hurt and our pain, are we able to find a semblance of goodness, of generosity, of of hospitality, of love, and and, and to whatever and whomever uh, is encounter, who we encounter on our, our path? Uh, they do not need to be uh, names for us. They need, do not need to be people we know or recognize or will ever meet again. But what and how can we not be consumed fully with whatever is happening within us to find that space of goodness? Because it's there, my friends. It's there. And a blessing waits beyond. We don't do it for a blessing, but a blessing, I think, naturally comes. I think it's the, it's the, the natural outcome of such an act. 
And finally, this last line, and I'll, I'll leave it there. Were not our hearts burning within us? Didn't we just feel on fire? Remember, how do we recognize God? Oh, we recognize God in a new, in number of ways. Um, Mother Teresa would say we recognize God comes to us in the distressing disguise of the poor. That's kind of how this person came to these two from Emmaus, um, the stranger. Uh, Mary would say, God knows our name, and, and God knows your name, and, and speaks it as the beloved one, and we know. Uh, we recognize God in our own scars, that God is in not only the scars, but the healing and the new life that comes even beyond that, the, the strength that we realize was in ourself or within our community, even after we deal with the pain of whatever it was that we go through. But we recognize him in, in this burning within us. Uh, we're not our, our hearts on fire. Uh, we knew it. We knew it, but our minds couldn't catch up. Our eyes couldn't catch up. Our ears couldn't catch up with what was going on in our hearts. Brothers and sisters, so often we, we, we recognize God in hindsight. And, and listen, again, I think that's so natural because we are consumed with whatever is in front of us. But I think the more we can pay attention to what is happening and how God speaks to us, um, and, and so often it is within that heart, that fire, we just know it. And here's, I mean, you know when you are at your best, when you are absolutely at your best and you are living how God invited you to, to live in, in doing what you're, entitled, you're, you're, you're using your gifts, you are, are, are in the midst of love, you are allowing yourself to be loved, you know that feeling. We've all been there. That's the one I'm talking about. That's where we're like, that is God. God is present in that moment. And we just recognize it. We have to recognize that. And it's not only at those moments. It's, it's, it's everyday stuff. Like walking from one town to another or driving from one place to another. And maybe a song is on the radio. Maybe a friend calls us. Maybe we're in the midst of, of a, a tough day and somebody loves us in some way uh, by sending us a text or giving us a smile. Whatever. Pay attention to that moment. We're not our hearts burning within us. Even for that moment. There you are, God. There you are, God. Brothers and sisters, there's so much more here. I've gone on way too long. I know. i got to get back to those 20 minuteers that I promised you. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. What keeps us from recognizing Christ within us? How do we find, even within our, our hurts and our failings, and in those places, that space of goodness and generosity for whomever or whatever is, is in our midst? And how do we begin to pay attention to the voice of God, particularly that one within us, when we know we are living in that space of openness and love, uh, and 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 God is right there. And how do we, uh, you know, what does that invite us to, right? Invited them to run back seven miles in, in the middle of the night and share it. Brothers and sisters, this is good, good news. And it is not only the story of this husband and wife 2,000 years ago. It is your and my story too. So let's pray. And so we begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for breaking open God's word with me this day. May you live well and and walk with our God, both in recognized and unrecognized ways this coming week. Be well.